You're listening to Ditch the Diet Radio with myself, Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. This is a podcast for smart, driven, high-achieving women who are sick and tired of their food struggles holding them back from having a life that they really want. So if you're ready to stop the struggle with eating, fighting your body, and ultimately find your own food freedom, then you, my gorgeous, are so in the right place right now. If you love the conversations that we have here on Ditch the Diet Radio, then be sure to check out my website at rachelfoy.com for free workshops, gifts, and much, much more. So are you ready? Here's a brand new episode from Ditch the Diet Radio. So hi there everyone, it's Rachel here from Ditch the Diet Radio with episode 16. Today I've got a fabulous guest on the show, I absolutely loved talking to her, could have spoken to her for hours and hours and hours and I'm sure that she will be back on the show at some point. I'm talking about the gorgeous Sarah Vance. Now this is someone that I came across probably about a year ago, we have very similar messages all about anti-dieting, embracing our bodies, body image Um, and I wanted to ask her opinion on what she thinks is going on right now in the big wide world of ours when it comes to how we feel about ourselves. So we caught up with one another a little while ago, um, had a fabulous conversation and I'm sure that you are going to enjoy this as much as I enjoyed talking to her. So make yourself comfortable, um, keep your ears open because she's going to share some amazing tips, suggestions and advice. Um, And here you go, enjoy. Right then, so I'm hoping that the gorgeous Sarah is on the other end. Are you there today? Yes, I'm here. Hi Rachel. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you today? I'm all right, thank you. Um, I'm so glad that we managed to work out um, an interview time that worked with time zones. It can always be a little bit challenging, but we sorted it. (laughs) Yes, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yay, me too. So before we get stuck into some really juicy topics of um, conversation, Sarah, for anybody listening right now that might not be too familiar with you and with your awesome message, can you give us a bit of a summary as to who you are and, well, what you're about, really? Yeah, sure. So I'll try to keep my story relatively short and sweet because it can be a little long. But um, I'm Sarah Vance. I'm a body image and food freedom coach. I help women all over the world break free of the diet mentality and embrace who they are so they can show up authentically in the world of feeling confident, worthy enough, lovable, and all those amazing things. Um, So my story started many years ago. Um, You know, I'm an ICU nurse by education. And after college, I've had a very intense amount of shame within my body. I, I was not happy with my body. There was a lot of changes that were going on in my life that I didn't really know how to deal with. And then of course, through college of learning my education through nursing, um, I kind of had this idea of, oh, oh my gosh, I need to get my health intact, especially being within the ICU. It was a little overwhelming as a new grad, uh, jumping right into the intensive care unit. So During that time, um, I started my journey with just trying to quote unquote be healthier, which was actually masked with me wanting to lose weight. Um, So I started down that journey and and things weren't really disordered um, in the very beginning. It was slightly, but not to the extent of what I ended ended up experiencing further down the road. let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit. I eventually um, ended up hiring a coach to be a bikini competitor. So I started competing in bikini competitions and my um, diet was very, very strict, uh, very, very depriving. Um, I started fluctuating from severe restriction to binging and that was picking up speed, the amount of binging that would occur. 
her. And along with that was intense amount of shame, guilt. Um, and I was very hyper aware of my body. I, I hated it. My confidence was at my all time low. My overall holistic health was at the, my all time low as well. Um, I was not happy whatsoever. And my life was really um, kind of passing me by. I was no longer out there living my life. My life was now being kind of controlled around what my body looked like and what I would put in my mouth. Um, so I continued competing for about two and a half years, ended up going to nationals. And after nationals, you know, I had no period, my hair was falling out. I had a lot of these side effects related to severe restriction and over exercising. I had a lot of uh, physical side effects. On top of that, I was very anxious. I was still binging. I would have full blown meltdowns over a slice of pizza, I remember. Um, and like I said, once you kind of get into this, you know, chasing perfection and, and you're really in that disordered, it's hard to keep up. So what do what did I do? I became a personal trainer to, to make sure that I would, you know, not quote unquote fall off the wagon, if you will. So I became a personal trainer and, um, I was doing consultations with women that I was going to be doing selling the exact thing that I actively speak out against now, um, selling them weight loss. And behind closed doors, I was hearing all these amazing, brilliant human beings talk to me about the intense shame that they felt in their body and around their food and around movement and all of this stuff. And all I saw was these amazing mothers and, and entrepreneurs and business women and just that I admired for who they were and they could not see how amazing they really were. So that was one thing that kind of woke woke up some stuff in me because it, it, this was the first time that I was seeing um, and hearing these things that I was saying to myself behind closed doors. I was now hearing it uh, from other people. And I, I knew that that was not okay. But that wasn't enough to really get me to change. So I ended up going to California for a fitness business thing. And um, during this time, I was very disordered, despite my knowledge as a nurse that I probably need to be having my period, my hair should not be falling out, uh, being in my mid 20s at that time. Um, but when you're that disordered, it's those things kind of, you don't pay attention to those things. You're just really when you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. Um, so what happened is I um, was doing two a days in the gym, not really eating just all of the same stuff. And I walked into a photographer uh, who was going to be taking photos for my website. And he said, don't worry about it. We'll Photoshop your stomach. And that was kind of a really big wake up call for me because I was like, this, this is what is the point? Like, what is the point of this? I'm not being a role model because that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a role model. And um, it was one big lie. It was a, it was a lie because I was definitely I was supposed to be selling quote unquote health. Uh, and by no means was I healthy at all. This was unsustainable. And on top of that, it wasn't even real. It was completely unrealistic in every way, shape and form besides the Photoshop. And then you add Photoshop on top of it. It's just unrealistic. Um, so that really was a big game changer for me. And when I realized that, you know what, I had enough, like, am I going to continue doing this, um, 20, 30 years from now? Is this how I really want my life to go about? Is this what I really want it to be? Um, and I made a big over, uh, this is when I started started looking at my life and looking at all the things in it that, you know, I had a, not a great relationship. Um, I was feeling lonely cause my friends and my family moved States away. Um, I was having trouble dealing with my emotions and I was reflecting all of this stuff back onto my body. Um, so that's when I kind of stumbled somehow within the body positive community and, um, started really doing some inner reflection and inner work and, and really examining how I was going to go about doing this because I knew that I did not want to continue on this cycle. I was done, done and over it. I knew logically it was not okay uh, from a overall 
health standpoint as my as a nurse, but I also knew it it felt horrible. I just did not feel great. <laughs> so this lie that I was believing that I would feel amazing, it was not not the case whatsoever. Um, so I did a lot of work once I kind of hit that moment. I did a lot of work. It was about a year, year and a half of really intense work of, uh, you know, looking at my values, uh, changing some things in my life, looking at my core beliefs, um, and really being challenged and, and, you know, taking, start living my life now versus waiting, start getting back into my my life again. Um, and with that, you know, I saw how amazing it was for myself and how impactful it was for myself. And I knew that this is something that I wanted to do to help other women. Um, because like I said, you know, I, I was coaching other women and they didn't see it. And so I wanted, I want women to show up in their life. So that's when I decided, um, you know, I was going to be a body image and food freedom coach to help women kind of, uh, break free of the diet cycle and show up in the world authentically, knowing that they're enough, uh, knowing, you know, having that confidence instilled with them from who they are, not for what they look like, um, feeling loved and treating themselves with love and compassion. So that's now what I do today. I help women all over the world, uh, know, know that they're enough. And that's such an important message, isn't it? I mean, God, there's so many people listening to that right now that I know can probably relate to you with some, you know, some respect, whether it's to the extreme that you experienced all that struggle or whether it's just your typical dieter that's not like bikini competition, but still has got that food obsession going on and on and on. Um, That must have been really challenging for you, Sarah, to have been in the like the professional industry of like personal coat and personal training and competition but then also with the medical stuff as well you must have been really pulled from one extreme to the other yeah so I mean one of the biggest things that kind of happens is we lose our sense of self and our identity and what happens is my identity was wrapped up into this health quote unquote health and fitness um, identity, right? So the bikini competitor, the nurse, my identity was so wrapped into this. Um, and I had been believing so much stuff that um, is just mainstream that I never, it, it really shook a lot of my beliefs that I had bought into to really challenge them. And it was very, very difficult. But, um, you know, I just kept saying, you know, what is it? What do I know? What is my truth? And where do I want to, con- where do I want to go? And when I started opening my eyes to things, you know, with traditional um, mainstream stuff, I realized that it wasn't true. Like it, it, it wasn't true. Diversity does exist. People have health uh, issues in a variety of shapes and sizes. Um, fitness is not a look whatsoever. Um, you know, food is not bad. It's, it's, it's neutral. It's not good nor bad. It's just, it is what it is. So I had to undo a lot of inner work and it, it was, it was definitely challenging. It's not easy, but it's one of the most rewarding things that I can do and then realize who are you? So who, who am I, my, my own identity outside of those things to kind of settle into that and become rooted into who I am as an individual with my values, my beliefs, and, uh, you know, the, the woman that I am today. Totally. I think the identity thing is a really important thing to, to kind of expand upon because I know from my personal experience and that of some of my clients as well, a lot of people get so caught up on this thing of, but this is who I am. And if I let the struggle go and if I don't do this anymore there's a part of me that's going to be like lost forever. And sometimes that can almost be the fear that prevents people from embarking on the change. Did you find that for yourself? 
Yeah, I found that for myself. You know, the thing is, is, is that when you start out on this journey, it's something completely different than what we typically have been doing. And it's something that is very counterculture. So when we go about this, it's a lot of uncertainty, right? And uncertainty is scary. That's one of the things we don't know what's going to happen. And that can be very, very scary for individuals that are unfamiliar with approaching uncertainty. But what I always say with myself and with others is to start approaching it with curiosity, because we always seem to think the worst case scenario, right? We think that, oh, Oh, this is not, you know, the worst thing that could happen. But imagine all the amazing things that could happen in your life when you start to explore who you are. And the other thing about it, you know, is that our identity, it is hard because it's like we're, we have to kind of go through a grieving process. And I wrote about this in one of my blogs is we kind of go through a grieving process of letting that part of us go. So one thing that, you know, in, in letting it go and then seeing kind of like this black hole in our life and saying, Oh my gosh, like what is going to fit here? Like, what is this? Who am I without this? And that can be really overwhelming. Um, because we have invested a lot of times money, time, emotions, uh, effort, um, all this stuff into this one soul identity that when we take it away, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a grieving process that we have to let that go. But what we need to understand and remember is that it's okay if some things don't serve us all the time. And when something is no longer serving you, it's okay if it no longer serves you and to allow that to go. It's just like relationships in our life. Like how many of us are actually best friends, um, with people that we went to kindergarten with, right? We're, we're not, it's, it's people serve us in our life for a certain amount of time. And then we let them go. Um, and it's the same thing with our identities that may have served you what you thought served you at that time, but it's no longer serving you if you want freedom and if it's, if it's causing you harm. And so it may be necessary to allow that to go and go through those emotions of allowing that part to go and then rediscovering who you are. Because I do believe, uh, one thing that I always say, you know, in my programs, like breaking boundary is that it's, it's a process of rediscovery of rediscovering who we are, because I believe that when we're young and we don't have all these pressures on us from society and our culture that we do know who we are, we show up authentically. And then as we age, we kind of have all these boundaries that are placed upon us and they put us in this little box. And it really is that process of, of stripping around those boundaries of breaking those boundaries and rediscovering who am I without all of this. And that can be very scary, but I think it's mostly due to uncertainty. Uh, around the situation yeah no totally I think um, something that I want to pick up on actually just kind of based on what you're saying there when people start to embrace the whole concept of right food freedom getting angry with the diet culture kind of stepping away from what society's conditioned us to believe um, there's often a lot of fear not necessarily fear with, oh, well, who am I going to be without the diets and who am I going to be without this like crooks in my life? But a lot of fear and panic around, but if I don't diet and I don't restrict, I'm going to put loads of weight on. I'm not going to feel very confident with myself. What's your, um, what's your kind of, I suppose, ethos or belief around the whole fear about weight gain when we stop dieting? Because this is a big struggle. Like this is a real topic that comes up so often. Um, and I'm just wondering what your, what your perspective is on this. Yeah, so weight gain is probably the number one, right? Yeah, like the, totally. the most, the most uh, one that that is kind of that unlocking point of allowing people to move forward with where they're going. It's a very real fear. And that's not and it's, it's because of the culture and society that we live in, we live in a diet culture, uh, that is very 
best friends with fat phobia, which all of us have that internalized, whether we like to believe it or not. So this idea that being a certain weight or gaining weight is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to us in our life. And that, um, buying into this idea that a smaller body is more worthy, more lovable, more successful, uh, more worthy of respect, compassion, kindness, um, and just in general, more worthy, um, than a larger body. It's this whole fat phobic ideal, right? So, um, it's, it's a combination of not wanting to give up the privilege of being small, um, and, and facing fat phobia. So what we need to really understand and what the question that I always ask my clients and that I had to ask myself is what is behind that weight gain? What is the narrative that the story behind that? What is it that we're actually saying? Because when it comes down to it, um, it's often not weight gain in and of itself. It's usually, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be a failure. I'm, um, you know, I don't want to feel hard emotions that I've been masking from and, and focusing, reflecting back onto my body. Um, I'm fearful that somebody's going to judge me. I'm scared that my husband's not going to be attracted to me anymore. Um, I'm, I'm nervous that, you know, I'm not going to be able to go out and get my job. What's behind the weight gain and then working through those deeper levels of stuff. But that is through the deeper stuff that we need to get into. It's, it's, it's weight gain is real, but that is because of the culture that we live in. But oftentimes it's what's underneath that weight gain. Um, is the question we have to get under. No, totally. And I think the whole, you know, you mentioned there about the, the feelings and the emotions and really kind of, I suppose, giving ourselves permission to actually acknowledge what what's going on behind the whole food thing the whole weight thing the whole body obsession um in your particular story Sarah were you quite good at masking your emotions like when you said that you were struggling with food because this again is something that a lot of listeners might be able to relate to like they they turn to food and body image issues because actually it's just a deflection of the inner stuff that really they're just not paying attention to Absolutely. So a lot of times we hear about emotional eating, right? That's a very hot topic. We hear about it. We, we, um, you know, and that's something that I talk uh, with my clients about if that's something what they deal with is that guilt and shame and then emotional eating. Um, and I don't think emotional eating is inherently bad. I, I really try to neutralize that because as soon as we start attaching emotions to something, that's when it gets, that's when it gets to become a problem and we get back into that diet cycle. But we hear about emotional eating, but something that is more prominent than I'm seeing through the work that I've done and through my own experience is this dieting uh, related to emotions. So when we start to have um, intense emotions that we typically don't want to feel like um, insecurity, uh, you know, not feeling loved, anxiety, whatever it may be, when we have difficult emotions come up in our lives that we reflect it back onto ourselves because it's way easier to just be like, well, I'm going to put all my energy into counting these calories and hating myself than it is to be vulnerable and deal with the situation at hand. Um, so it, it does become like a mask or a, um, almost a behavior to cope. It becomes a coping mechanism, if you will, to difficult moments in our life and our emotions uh, versus dealing with them head on. And that's something that I was dealing with absolutely 100%. Because at that time in my life, when I started to become uh, really disordered and went down this route, I was going through a lot of difficult stuff in my actual life that I just didn't want to deal with. It was way easier for me to, like I said, count my calories, do my meal plans and spend hours in the in the gym than, than facing the fact that my relationship was no longer thriving with my, my ex. Um, it was way easier to deal with, uh, you know, going and and beating myself up and talking to myself in a hateful manner than it was to sit down and 
and say, you know what, I'm feeling, I'm mourning the fact that my, my parents have moved miles away from me and I'm not going to be able to see them anytime that I want. Um, so it is one of those things that I'm seeing more frequently and that I experience within myself that, um, you know, we start to reflect back onto ourselves because in reality, it's never about our food and our body. There's always something deeper. And, um, you know, I didn't really deal with my emotions. The only emotions that I had was anger. I was very angry. Uh, I was very anxious related to, you know, just general anxiety when, um, that's kind of a side effect when you're in restriction and deprivation and over-exercising, you're kind of, your body's on that, um, you know, fight, fight or flight, high adrenaline mode all the time. Um, and then every once in a while, these high, high intense moments of happiness. So when I started, decreasing all this stuff and doing this work, I had many emotions come into play that I just didn't want to avoid, or I didn't want to deal with. Um, For instance, the fear of rejection, the fear of judgment, the fear of not feeling loved, all of these difficult emotions, grieving, um, sadness, that I had to kind of walk through. And when I first started going through those emotions, they were intense because I had not allowed myself to experience them um, in the beginning. But as time goes on, you know, that you you learn resiliency and how to cope, you develop better coping mechanisms and how to feel through them and work through them versus void, extract, numb, whatever it may be through either eating or not eating and exercise, whatever it may be. So yeah, I mean, emotions were a huge component to all of this. And I think that's one one thing for sure that in my coaching practice, I make sure that we look at our emotions because we are emotional human beings. We have an array of emotions. And in order to experience those ones that we really like, like happiness, joy, love, we have to be willing to experience some of those messy ones that we've been avoiding for some time. Yeah, exactly. It's about kind of also getting into that place where you start to be or you start to feel comfortable with feeling uncomfortable, which I think so many of us, we run away from, don't we? It's like, I don't want to feel anger. I don't want to feel frustration. I don't want to feel sadness Um, and that's you know like you said where often we can just turn to food as this coping strategy it's to fill the void or whatever it might be Um, so going back then to your story when you started to embrace your you know your your journey and obviously you've gotten to where you are right now and start empowering other women did you find it like incredibly and you might not be able to answer this in one sentence but did you find it incredibly difficult to actually start Or did it get to a point for you where you're like, do you know what? I almost don't have a choice. I have to start doing this because where I am right now isn't even an option anymore. Yeah, so it it eventually got to the point of, you know, one of the questions that I'm always asked is, was there a red flag? There was about 10 red flags that popped up, but you know, that's what makes it difficult when you're in that mentality. It's difficult to initially start. Um, even after, you know, I knew my body was not functioning properly. I didn't have a period. My hair was falling out. I wasn't sleeping. My sleep cycle was out of whack. Logically, as a health professional, I knew this stuff was not okay, but it was still difficult for me to be like, oh, okay, maybe I should do something about it because you do get so into that mentality and it can be difficult. You kind of, you kind of just minimalize those symptoms, right? You just play them down like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's whatever. And then on top of that, if you're in the health and fitness industry at some point, you know, not having a period is it's almost been normalized where it's just yeah. like, oh, it's, you know, it's just because that whatever, which is just crazy. Um, so it was very difficult. I, I had to go through many moments and eventually I was just done. I was just like, I'm so done. 
spending time on this stuff. It's taking up so much time and energy and I'm tired of watching my life go by. My life is not fulfilled. Um, and, and being a nurse has really helped me on this journey because as an ICU nurse, I deal with some pretty, uh, sad moments of people passing. And I just remember asking myself like, what is it that I want to see or be remembered by or what I want to remember when I am at, th at that stage in my life? Because we're all going to pass eventually. And that could be tomorrow. And is this how I want it to continue living? And it took it, it sounds like a deep question, but it really took that much for me to be like, no, like I do not want to do this. I'm not happy and something needs to change. So I knew I needed to change. I, I said, I'm going to change. But even after I said that it took, let's see, I think I dieted about three more times. I went into a diet before <laughs> I actually like was, was like totally done with all of it. I mean, it's a process. Like I said, it took about a year and a half before I was like very, very sound and rooted into where I am now. Awesome. So I would love to get some actual tips off you okay because I've been following you for a little while and there's probably people right now that are listening that are familiar with your message you know and you're very you're very passionate about the whole embracing your body on you know social media etc somebody listening to this right now that is diet obsessed weight obsessed can't even imagine being able to accept their bodies because actually at the moment they even dislike their bodies to the extent of perhaps even hatred where would somebody like that even begin? Like, how do you even begin to embrace your body when actually you've dieted for such a long time because of body hatred? Like, it's a really, it's a very challenging topic, isn't it? As in terms of like, what, what do we even do with this? Yeah, it really is a difficult topic. And this is one of the things, you know, on my website, I have my free gift and it goes by the five steps that are, are the initial ones that I think are, can be very, very powerful. They're very surface level, but they're very powerful to get the ball rolling. And everyone can go and download that on my website. It's the five mindset shifts to make to in order to embrace your body and have food freedom. But the very first one, I think, would be to ask yourself, is this what you want to continue doing? Um, there's, there's proof that you don't have to continue doing this. And, um, you know, if you feel like you want to be confident and, and, and all those things, those are their own separate beast. And the very first task I would tell you is to smash your freaking scale. Yay, um, get rid I'm, of your scale. I'm clapping um, you. Yes, that's definitely a good one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, if you're placing your worthiness and your love and everything else on a condition like your scale, your pants, um, the foods that you eat, those are conditional things. And we want to get you to a point where it's unconditional, where you truly know at the soul of who you are, that that's enough. And the other thing is it's very, um, you know, within the body positive community, we always talk about, or you hear about, you know, this idea of wanting to feel beautiful or loving your body. And what I'm going to tell you right now is, you know what, I don't, I don't want you to love your body. I don't want you to feel beautiful. Um, I don't care if you feel beautiful and I don't care if you love your body. I want to get you to the point where you're continue to show up in this world and those moments where you're not loving your body and you don't feel beautiful because those moments are going to happen in your life even when you find peace. So it's not about loving every single thing about you. It's about finding neutrality. So it's about getting you from hatred to okay, this is what it is. And yes, you may have those moments where you're like, I am on fire and I love everything, but that's not always going to be the case. So if we can get you back to a neutral position and just accepting it is what it is, and then being able to show up despite anything and doing things that make you really like fill you up and like get you going in this world, then that's what the, that's what the goal is here. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you said that because I have a personal problem with the whole body love concept because I don't 
it's not that I don't necessarily believe in it, but I think if we're trying to set ourselves the goal of I need to get to that place of having body love, you're kind of, and I'm talking personally now, I think you're constantly trying to seek that elusive goal, almost a bit like weight loss. And I think, Mm -hmm. like you just said, if we can start approaching our bodies almost with neutrality, whereby we don't really think about them as much as we do right now, it's just this vessel in which we can appreciate life and enjoy life and do the things that, you know, bring pleasure and enjoyment, rather than trying to place this emphasis of, I need to be able to get to a place where I conditionally all the time love myself. So I'm really kind of pleased that you mentioned that, because I think that's an important point to, to bring out. Yeah, I mean, it, I love the movement. And, uh, you know, when I think of me, I mean, I say that I love my body. But it's not just, you know, my body, it's my body as an extension of who I am. It's a vessel that allows me to show up in this world and do the things that I love. So it is part of me. And when I uh, when I think of myself as a whole picture, then yeah, I love my body, it's part of me. But I don't if, if I start detaching and taking things separating them out, then you know what, I'm relatively neutral, it is what it is. Like, I'm not like jumping up and down over my cellulite all the time or ever, to be honest with you, (laughs) but I've accepted it. I accept that it is what it is. I'm not going to fight it. And in the big picture, it doesn't mean anything. Like I'm still an amazing human being that's deserving of love and respect. And I have an amazing mind to offer to this world. And I have way more to offer to this world than what my backside looks like. Um, so that's kind of the headspace that I want everybody to get to is when they don't really think about their body. And if they do, because you will have those moments where you may, um, you know, wake up and not feel the best in your body. I just wrote a post on that on, um, Instagram, you know, particularly with women around their menstrual menstrual cycle can be a very hard time with our body is to be able to recognize that and be able to go to from from dislike to a place of neutrality and then again not participate in in going down the shame cycle of going down old behaviors to just be like okay whatever I'm still going to show up and this is how I'm going to feel and that's okay accepting that you know what today I don't feel great in my body and that's fine totally I think um, I think as well that whole um, the whole body positive movement which obviously I'm you know 110% behind because I think it's so bloody important you know I've got a little girl who's only three and I'm really hoping that in my lifetime she starts to you know experience a completely different shift from a sociological point of view but in terms of what you're talking about and the message that you put in the world the message that I put in the world, we're kind of encouraging women to really go against mainstream society, which in a sense is always challenging anyway, isn't it? So do you find that sometimes that in itself can be a challenge that not necessarily prevents people from embarking on the whole anti-diet, getting around to the, the place of not hating their bodies anymore, but it certainly adds in a bit of complexity, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Because, you know, when we look back at our and I think this all comes down to our desire and need for acceptance. Um, And and this is really based on our ancestors, because um, if you weren't accepted back in the day, then you were not going to survive. It was a survival technique to be accepted by the, um, you know, the group to be able to get shelter and food and procreate and all these things. But what we need to understand is that's not the real life today. Like we're, we're, we're okay. I mean, that's, that's speaking from a very privileged perspective. So I don't mean that, but for the majority um, of us, you know, we don't, 
don't have to be accepted by the greater society in order to survive in this world. Um, and we can buy into a different society, like the body positive community, which it is a community. Um, and that society is no longer really serving anybody. If you if you really look at it, not just women, but it's not serving men. Um, it's not serving our children. It's not serving a variety of individuals um, anymore. So it can be difficult because it all comes down to acceptance, our need to be accepted. But the thing about that is, is if we are not, if we're not going to be accepting ourselves, no matter how much we're accepted by other people, it's not going to feel like it's enough. We're not going to feel uh, whole and worthy until we do that work and truly accept ourselves because there's going to be moments where you're not going to be accepted by people. Um, and then if you don't have that self-acceptance in place, then what's going to happen? You can always rely on yourself. So I think it comes back to the desire to be accepted, uh, but realizing that we need to accept ourselves first. Um, and then finding a group that loves you for who you are, no matter what, not based on what you look like. Absolutely. Because of changing friends. I don't know whether you, you, you kind of experienced this yourself, Sarah. I'm guessing that you did. But when I went through my own journey, I ended up changing my complete friend circles because the friends that I had at the time were very diet obsessed, very weight obsessed, very weight fixated. And as I was moving away from it and trying to find my own place of freedom, those conversations were not helping me. So I had to literally start walking away from things that just didn't serve me anymore. Um, I'm guessing that you must have done the same because of you've been in that profession as well. Yeah. So, I mean, when I, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, with my overall story is I have a core group of friendships that have been with me since seventh grade. Um, I'm going to be turning 30 next year. So they're very long friends that I've had my entire life. Very, they're like my sisters. Um, and when I started down my disordered mentality, those friendships really took, they, they were on the back burner. I didn't pay attention to them. Um, and I started developing friendships that were only, the only thing we had in common was our weight yeah. fixation, the food that we're eating, yeah. how much we're working out and our protein shakes. I mean, to be on honest with you, it was a very, um, superficial relationship. And it was not serving my soul to the deeper levels of who I am, because I, I'm a I'm a deep person. I'm a, that's just who I am. I love connection. I think we all crave that. Um, and it, I wasn't having those relationships do provide that for me. So when I went through my own journey, I did, I, I had to let go of pretty much almost everybody that was within my quote unquote health and fitness realm. Um, I pretty much am no longer friends with them. And it's not because of that, but because when I came down to it, we didn't have anything in common. Like we didn't have anything in common besides talking about, you know, three things. And, uh, those three things were no longer serving me, especially when I was trying to heal my own relationship. Um, but what did happen is I was able to do that harder work and realize that, you know what, uh, let me heal those relationships with people that do matter in my life and have them come back into my life and be the fulfilling relationships that do, um, lift me up and feel good in my soul and that they, they love me for who I am. So it is a matter of, um, kind of looking at those things and, and it's difficult because we don't like to, um, it's like that whole letting go process again, right? We, we, yeah. We're letting go of things that no longer serve us. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to go and change their friends up. Uh, you could set some boundaries on it. You could change the conversation if that's what they're talking about. But it's if it's no longer serving you at the core of you, who you are, it's okay to let those individuals go um, and, and seek out other relationships that are going to fill you up. No, exactly. I think the whole journey of like, you know, healing our 
relationships with our body, with with food, with ourselves is ultimately, as you've just said, it's about being really clear with our boundaries. And actually, it's about really becoming empowered, isn't it, with who we are and, and actually being okay to speak our voice and to step into our truth and to express how we feel. Um, Because I was particularly good at not doing any of that when I was struggling with food. I would, you know, hold my tongue. I wouldn't say what I wanted to. Um, And I know that that's where food came a massive, a massive part of my particular struggle. So, yeah, I think the whole boundaries and and actually being okay with what we want to say and with what we want to do, it's so important. And so many women don't feel okay to do that, which is really sad. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, women have been told to shrink in every way possible, and not only their waist and their thighs, but also their voice, right? So not speaking up, uh, just listening and taking orders, whatever it may be. And that that really gets into the this uh, feminism that's kind of wrapped up into all this as well. But that is something traditionally that is where we're a um, ornament to be looked at an object. We're not, you know, when it when it isn't the case, we're more than that. And, um, you know, on top of that, some of the other things is people pleasing, that this this um you know kind of the inner critics that we have one of them being uh, being a people pleaser and that's because we don't we're fearful of being judged by other people we don't want to upset other people uh we want to please them as a protective mechanism for ourselves but in the meantime while we're pleasing everybody else we're really doing not doing ourselves any good we're uh damaging ourselves we're saying no to ourselves while we're saying yes to other people and it's really about flipping that to be able to say yes i am important i matter my voices matter uh my thoughts matter matter. And I'm going to say yes to myself and really, really being okay with saying no, um, which is a, is a big, big task. I've, I've noticed, uh, too, with my coaching is, is learning to say no, but it's also extremely empowering to start saying no, because that means you're saying yes to yourself. Oh, absolutely. That's often one of the challenges that I give my clients. I say, right this week, I want you to say no at least four times and let me know how Mm -hmm. you get on with it. And it's amazing how many women actually struggle to, to turn something down, to say, no, they can't do it. Um, cause like you said, often we've been conditioned to, to say yes and to do the things we don't want to. Um, and yeah, taking our power back in our lives will also help us take our power back around food. Definitely. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I'm curious about the, um, the concept of judgment. So obviously we're talking about body image. We're talking about, um, self-acceptance. We've spoken a little bit about food and it not being a moral issue, but how do we actually start to let go of the judgment that we often have attached to this whole topic? If we really want to start moving forward with improving our own body image. Are we talking about judgment of others or judgment of um, for ourselves? Well, let's start with ourselves because we often do have judgment to do with ourselves when it comes to this topic. So how do we start letting that go? So the judgment that we have with ourselves is basically related. Usually what I have found um, is related to a belief that I'm buying into and really examining and taking a look at that belief. So a lot of times that's going to be mixed into our inner critic, uh, our inner mean girl is what I like to call it. There's many other names that uh, it lives by our saboteur, um, inner critic or inner mean girl or inner child, whatever it may be. But that voice that pops up in our mind that says you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing this, that's the judgmental voice voice. Um, and that's usually associated with rules. So we have to kind of examine what rules are we living by? What rules have we, uh, unspokenly quote unquote broken that are no longer serving us? And who are we actually listening to? Is it this inner critic voice? That's not truly our voice or are we listening to our authentic compassionate side voice? Um, and is, is, are we living in alignment with our values and our beliefs? Um, because that's going to be hard if we're, we're doing things, um, and showing up in the 
the world that is not in alignment with who we really are, our most authentic self. If we're, if there's a disalignment, then there's probably going to be some judgment around that. So the judgment is uh, to ourselves. It's very complex about looking at all those different angles, our values, our beliefs, um, our inner critic and realizing that's not our voice and then tapping into the authentic, compassionate, kind voice that we all have within us. Um, and of course, letting go of rules. Yes, that's a big one, right? Letting go of those yeah. bloody rules. <laughs> they don't yeah. serve us. They don't serve us. Okay, how do, how do we start letting go of judgment from others? Well, I mean, judgment of others, you know, is really... Um, <laughs> it's not our problem because it's it's the judgment from other people is a direct reflection of themselves, yeah. not us or not the individual that's actually being judged. Um, and you can um, many times we can we can look at that because when we are judging other people, it's usually as a result of something that is not okay within ourselves. Um, so if we're judging other people, it can we can turn that around within ourselves and get curious about it and say what's really going on. So if we're being judged, um, you know that's not something that you can control. You can try to avoid being judged, and you're still going to be judged no matter what. Um, someone's always going to have something to say, and we're not here on this earth to be liked by every single person. Uh, but we need to remember is that, you know, the judgment from other people is a direct reflection of themselves and not us. And it's also got nothing to do with our body image either, as in it's nothing to do with our cellulite and our thighs and what our stomachs look like. That's just what we often perceive it to be. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, there are moments where we may participate in some judgment, and it's usually reflective, again, of those beliefs. So is somebody stepping on our belief toes? Are they stepping on what we hold as valuable and within our beliefs? Uh, That may be be why, you know, judgment kind of pops up as well. Totally. Listen, before we um, kind of wrap up in a little while, because we're kind of coming towards the end, keeping this slightly short and sweet, but I wanted to just ask you, um, we're obviously talking about body image and I know that a lot of people listening right now will still hold these beliefs about in order for them to feel like confident, they need to lose weight or they want to lose weight or they feel like they want to have that bikini body in order to, you know, get that, that massive boost of inner confidence. Do you feel like we as a society have got like a misguided idea about what confidence actually is? And if we do, what is real confidence? Yeah, I definitely do. And I've written about this before in my blogs, too, because um, we think that this confidence is going to come from our body, which isn't the case. Confidence really can be embodied through any body. Um, and it is it confidence is its own beast. <laughs> it's not about your body. It's its own separate thing. So if you think that once you change your body, you're going to be confident, I'm going to challenge you and say that's not the case, because uh, it isn't. It's confidence. It's its own situation. So there's um it's really related to self-esteem. And then you get down to the question, well, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, because how we truly build confidence is by doing things that are un- are uncomfortable and then doing them again and doing them again and doing them again. And then now we feel confident and now we feel comfortable. So if it's something like, you know, well, I want to feel confident wearing a bikini, then you're going to go out and wear that bikini. And you may feel uncomfortable the first time you do it, but then you're going to do it again and you're going to realize nothing bad happens. And then you're going to do it again and you're going to go out and live life and make memories in that bikini. And then you're going to do it again. And then you're going to be able to be like, you know what? I feel confident putting this bikini on. You may not be shooting rainbows and butterflies everywhere, um, but you know what? You feel confident in doing those things. So it's about recognizing uh, the fear that's involved and going ahead and doing it anyway and keep doing it and keep doing it. So it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, There is that component of self-esteem. And when we start building up self-esteem with letting 
letting go of relying our self-esteem on body esteem, detaching this idea that they're two of the same because they're not, um, having this underlying confidence. And then when it comes to actual things, doing those things and then doing them again and again and becoming more confident. Yeah, and I think I can I can probably imagine there's people listening right now going, oh my God, I'd love to wear a bikini, but the thought of doing that just absolutely petrifies me. But at the same time, as you rightly said, you just have to you just have to jump in and you have to start embracing that fear because otherwise you're never going to change and the situation will never change either. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly, you know, I didn't have anybody guiding me through this work. Um, I was not by no means was I as involved as I am now. I mean, but so I had nobody that kind of helped me through this thing. I did it all on myself. And it was one of those things where I was like, I want to freaking wear a bikini. So I went out and did it. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't super confident or didn't feel amazing the first time I did it. But then I realized, like I said, those small things, or if it was with my food, it was like, I, I want to just, you know, I want to have butter on my toast and I buttered on my toast and I realized, you know what, wasn't so bad. And then you do it again and you do it again and you keep doing these baby steps yeah. along the way and start focusing on life versus, um, you know, what you look like or, you know, whatever, like, did the food taste good? Did you have fun in your bikini? Were you, what were the memories that you made and to start focusing outward versus staying trapped in our own mind? That's how you kind of go through these things, but you're going to have to actually do stuff that is uncomfortable, uh, in the messy and in, in the uncomfortable is where the healing actually occurs. Um, that's one thing that I, I've been like shouting from the rooftops lately is if you want to heal, you want to grow, you need to get uncomfortable and messy with it. Absolutely. You know, there's no point kind of hiding and trying to protect ourselves from that safety thing about, oh, I don't want it to get messy. I don't want to explore this, but I just don't want to be in the situation that I'm in right now. Sometimes you've just got to embrace it, right? And just, yeah, just do it regardless. Yeah. And just accept, you know, again, surrendering and accepting that, you know what, this is going to be uncomfortable and being okay with it. Um, and the more that you do these things, the more resiliency that you'll build up and then relying on a support group or on a coach or on a friend that you trust, uh, writing about it in your journal, practicing and self care to kind of build you back up when you, when it was uncomfortable going through all of those things, but you, you, it, it does require kind of getting messy and then also challenging the beliefs around it. Yeah, but then at the end of the day, it's like, what do we as individuals want to be remembered for? You know, whether it's like you said, whether it's what we're doing, whether it's our weight, whether it's our body, or actually whether it's about the life that we've ended up living, because that's far more important. Yes. I mean, when, when it comes down to it, what is, what's the story, your legacy that you want to look back on? So not even what other people are going to remember you by, but what do you want to look at? Uh, you don't want to have your life, at least for me, I didn't want to have my life, uh, pass me by. And then one day think, Oh man, I should have eaten that. Or, Oh, I wish I would have, you know, not been so whatever. And just wore the shorts so I could go on this hike or, you know, I wish I could have just wore the bikini and, and spend some time with my family on the beach. I didn't want to look back on my life and think those things. So um, I started living my life now versus waiting. I love it. I think that is a perfect place for us to end that, Sarah. Yeah, don't wait on your life. Just start living it now. That's that's kind of the message, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yep. Listen, before we finish, can you direct us to um, to your website or to any of your particular, well, social media will be posted below um, this interview, but where's, um, where's the best place for the listeners to find out more about you and your amazing message? Yeah, you can find me on my website, saravance.com. You can get my free gift there. Like I already mentioned, the five steps, initial steps to take to in, in order to embrace your body and have food freedom. It's the five, like, 
steps that are pretty powerful. Uh, they're small effort, but have a big impact on your life. Um, and then you can find me on all the social media. So Facebook, Instagram, most the, usually the two that I'm most at, but also Twitter, um, at Sarah Vance. So S A R E. And then my last name Vance. Um, and then you can also, you know, look at my programs, my coaching, I have a free Facebook group, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, all of Sarah's, um, contact details will be below this podcast if you're listening to it on my website if you're listening on itunes then you'll have to hop over to rachelfoy.com um, but yeah sarah thank you so much for spending the last sort of 45 minutes with us chatting about this topic i want you back on the show i think we could talk so much more about body image yes absolutely we'll, <laughs> we'll have to do i'll have to have you on my podcast too my reclaiming you podcast everybody can look at that too i'll have to have you on there rachel we'll have to set up a date awesome that sounds like a plan well on that note have an awesome day whatever you're up to and thank you very much we'll catch up soon see you later bye Bye. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Diet Radio, everyone, with your host, Rachel Foy. That's me. If you've got ever any questions, then you can email me at info at rachelfoy.com. Be sure to check out the website, rachelfoy.com, for your free gifts and other bits and pieces. And if you would like to leave a review or subscribe to the podcast, then please do so. I am trying my absolute best right now to get the most amazing, incredible, and inspirational people on the podcast show. And if there's anyone that you would really like me to interview, then drop me a message and I will see what I can do. Have an awesome day and remember that you can have a life where food doesn't control you. I can't wait to show you how. Bye.